All right, I wanted to do a conference realignment reality check. And the reason why I wanted to do this is because as we approach the off season, the realignment chatter will begin to heat up even more than it has right now. And I know people are talking about this, but a couple things we have to keep in mind when it comes to me and my thoughts on the old conference realignment situation and how, and how you talk about it. Uh, first about like this show, I am not a reporter. I did not claim to be a reporter. I did go to some journalism school. Um, and I like to think that, you know, on this show, despite that, like we talk about some stuff, but we always put it in context of what's actually happening. We've had guys like John Wilner on the show. We've had other reporters on the show. Andrew Marchand has been on this program and uh, talked with me before my, my last stop. I always try to give you all the best, most recent, smartest information I can give you all, most accurate information I can give you all. Hope you all feel that way when you all check out this show. So with that, really honestly, like you should believe people that we've come to know are trustworthy. Ross Dellinger, Dennis Dodd, Stuart Mandel, um, uh, who's a guy or yeah, um, he's a little, you know, he, he can be, he's a Pac-12 guy, but his reporting is pretty good. Max Olson, Shahan J. Araja, uh, Nicole Auerbach, you know, all of those folks are ones I feel like we can, we can trust pretty well. And the reason why I trust those folks is because they're journalists. They've been doing it for a while, but also they put their names on their work. That's the one dangerous thing when you're on realignment, uh, you know, looking at realignment stuff on Twitter or whatever. A lot of people out there that don't actually have their names on their work and talk about what they're hearing and what they're, you know, what's being out there. Like, guys, I'm going to tell you all what I'm thinking, but I'm going to use people's reporting and then kind of use the context clues around it. The Pac-12 thing, and I remember talking to Spencer McLaughlin, he's like, I don't, I don't think there's any chance the Pac-12 breaks up. And I didn't think it was just because I'm some Big 12 homer. I thought I was like, well, it's a weird spot because the Big 12 beat you to the market, right? With a TV contract. And now the clock's running out on you. And now you're balancing exposure and you're balancing that against, um, you know, t- you know, TV and whatnot. And the spot Larry Scott puts you in the debt right there and the gaps to other conferences and the fact that you thought you should get Big Ten money. I was like, this is all heading in a bad direction. Um, and my big sticking point was this, you're going to have to take less money than the big 12 guaranteed. You might get more if subs are in the right spot, but if you're talking about $30 million per year per school and, uh, you know, you're taking 20 guaranteed, well, that's a $10 million gap. And you don't know if you're going to make it up with subscription numbers. If you get a bonus for that, you don't, you just don't know. That's too much. It's a third of your budget. It's too much money in my opinion to risk right? To not, to not have for sure. So that's why I thought ultimately, ultimately they would, uh, big, you know, the Pac-12 would break up and look, they almost saved it, but it did because the, uh, the big 10 came calling to Oregon and Washington and they made the move. And, uh, you know, also at that too, I mean, the, the other schools made the move of the Pac-12 Colorado heard that coming. And I think because of that too, folks, there's been so much realignment recently that people just kind of want more and more and more. And it feels like everything in college football is changing. So I want everything just change at once. And that's just not how it works, especially when contracts are involved. The CFP is going to 12 teams. Yes. So that's changing. And NIL is changing. Yes. Transfer portal stuff is changing. Yes. But as far as like the ACC goes, the next big domino to fall, you got a 10 plus year TV contract. And them breaking it is going to be contingent on eight teams having homes and voting their way out or somebody paying a large sum of money. But nobody yet has described to me, nobody I've, I've read out there, has described to me a way for these schools to get out of the ACC. I have not seen a way in which they've been able to do that. And so when you consider that, you need to be honest to me. Like, we all wish more realignment would happen now. 
That's why when I did my show the other day, hey, who are the most likely expansion candidates for the Big 12? I'll show you all my list. This is what I had up for the most likely candidates. I had Gonzaga because it's been reported and talked about. UConn because it's been talked about. Then I said there's a big line between Pitt, Louisville, and Virginia Tech and the other schools because this would mean the ACC broke up and that would need something drastic to happen to make that happen. And there's nothing indicating something drastic is imminent or going to happen. And nobody has presented the way in which it could happen. And so that's why I've said, hey, guys, like the Big 12 is not going to get Florida State, Clemson, and Miami. People are talking about like that's possible. If they did, my God, I mean, I will say I'm wrong to the, you know, to the very end. But how does that work? Like those schools, the issue that they're having is they're concerned about the revenue gap between them and the other leagues, the really big leagues, the Big Ten, the SEC. Why would they leave the ACC to go take a go take a contract similar to the one they're currently on? It's more money, but it's not it's not big enough to go and leave. It's not, in my opinion, at least. So why would they do it? It doesn't make any sense. Florida State's worried about maintaining their their competitive level with Ohio State and Michigan, and Penn State, and Florida, and Georgia, all of those schools. That's who they're LSU, right? And they're comp- and what they mean by competitive is money, because right now they are competitive. But they want the respect, and they also want the TV dollars that they would get from those places. That's why we've heard things about Florida State exploring the idea of going into private equity and teaming up with some folks in the private equity world about, hey, how could we make this work? where you all you all come on board in some way, shape, or form and try to get this. And it might work for one team, but like, hey, you all help us pay a buyout and we give you future revenues and whatever. But like, it's, it's a hard thing to manage and they have to find a way to get that done. And I just don't know. That ACC contract protects the schools in some senses, but it hurts the top dogs and other. It's great for Wake Forest. It's great for Syracuse. It's great for Boston College, but nobody really wants them outside of that. Um, it's tough for your competitors like Florida State and Clemson right? Who want to compete at the highest level and have competed at the highest level. But that gap is wide. Now we're seeing talent be spread out more often. Yeah, I just saw this year, 10, uh, the 10 top 10 players in the 24 seven recruiting arrivals, uh, recruiting rankings are all going to different schools. It's the first time it's happened in a long time, maybe ever. Um, but it's been a while. So that is good news. And there is a spread out of, of talent like that, but I bet you a lot of those schools are in the power two conferences that we've talked about. Right. So the, the Big 12 and the ACC are not really a fight for like they're in a yeah, competition for third. Yes, sure. But like, what does that competition look like? The ACC is so dialed in and locked into their contract that it's going to be about success in the field, which is going to come down to what you want it to. Right. We're talking about money and whatnot. The ACC, like, I don't know how that contract breaks. Somebody's got to figure out a way to do it. I have not seen how it does it yet. Um, and nobody I've trusted has reported the way out of that yet. And it's been talked about now for a while and nobody's actually produced that yet. We have to think about that because I saw something on Twitter and I'm not going to say who it's from, from a person who does not put their name on, on their tweets, like their actual name saying that they saw that TKO, the WWE UFC holdings group might get involved and facilitate an ACC, SC, uh, ACC big 12 pack merger. Um, the guy also admitted he's, you know, he's not much of a UFC WWE guy. Said that there'd be another private equity firm involved. Guys, that that to me, I mean, it just like think about it for a while. It doesn't make much sense. The, the, the Big 12 does partner with Endeavor, the parent company of, of TKO. It holds TKO Group. Um, they've consulted with them. They had the WWE, obviously, at, at the Big 12 championship game. But like that was just kind of a crossover branding type deal. Uh, 
the idea that TKO would invest in the Big 12 like would be really strange. Like, would you just let, I mean, are they going to buy into the league and you're going to let them make the TV contract decisions later on and let them recoup it? Like they're a privately, they're a publicly held company. You know, uh, that's, that's you know, like Disney is this diversified thing. So them investing in college sports and whatnot, like is, you know, it's huge, but also they have Marvel and Star Wars and all this kind of stuff, right? For TKO, like they could diversify, sure, but like, you're, but the Big 12 isn't a company per se. Uh, if you give an influx of cash, like you're just funding for a merger too, what are you funding? You're funding these teams like cross country trips and trying to make these athletic departments more relevant. And where does the money come back to you? Also, the TV contracts are already sorted out. So you might say, well, we're going to invest in these big 12 schools. And then when the contracts up in 2030, it'll be awesome. Great. But like, how does that work when the ACC is already under contract? How does that work when the ACC is already under contract till 2036? You can't, that, that doesn't seem to work there. Like, where is the ROI here for that? I do not understand where the ROI is going to come in. And also I saw, they said, oh, well, you know, it could build a pipeline for them. I'm talking about international TV and whatnot. Guys, I, I don't think there's a ton of appetite for TCU, Oklahoma State overseas. I, honestly, like, there's not a ton, there's not a huge market for college football overseas at this point in time. The NFL is kind of the big dog when it comes to overseas football and things of that nature. Um, so, so, you know, like I, I think that, you know, that idea is just kind of, I'm not sure the big 12 needs. It. I mean, overseas expansion, great, you know, and visibility is great, but what does it actually meaningfully mean? And somebody said, Oh, it builds a pipeline for UFC and WWE guys. They don't need football players. Like they get enough football players. You know, that's not, you know, for them to be like, Vince McMahon, you know, does not need how well, he's not really running the company anymore. WWE has plenty of ex-football players, Bill Goldberg, uh, Roman Reigns, uh, you know, like guys like that. You know, uh, I think Omos played uh, current guy. Omos, you know, played football. There's a bunch of guys who are former football players. Uh, Brock Lesnar played football. Gable Stevenson's a wrestler. Brock was a Lester, uh, wrestler too. But like they don't need, they don't need any connections to make sure guys like this come. Same thing for WWE or for UFC. They're an international brand, international company. They don't need big 12 wrestlers and, you know, they already get, they already track those guys as it is. They don't need a big connection with the big 12 to, to know about the value. Uh, I believe Missouri is back in the big 12 for wrestling, you know, Tyron Woodley, Michael Chandler, Ben Askren all fought in the UFC, right. Uh, and competed for championships. Tyron Woodley won a UFC championship. You don't need like, you don't need a partnership there to be like, Oh, uh, you know, UFC, like, you know, I know it's an option because they have a partnership with the Big 12. They don't need that, in my opinion, at least. They don't need that kind of reach to to build a pipeline. I don't think it's worth that investment. I don't think it's worth it for the, uh, for the you know, like for the shareholders too. I just, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me when you try to talk about what is there to gain there. So like, you have to be careful about stuff like that. It's an interesting thought exercise and we'll talk about the ACC Big 12 merger, but we'll talk about how unlikely it is first. And the ways it doesn't make sense. Because there are more ways it doesn't make sense right now than it does make sense. We'll tackle all that at a later date. But I just, my 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 big thesis here, my big thing I want to point out to you all is we should be skeptical because I know we want stuff to happen. Look, it would make my life easier if it kept happening. But there's nothing concrete that people have been reporting on this for a while can report back to us about it. And we'll keep realignment updates coming. We'll do a ton of content in the offseason about it. I think there's a lot more concern for the future of the sport as a whole than there is you know, like once again, they are related, but I just think, I think folks are kind of looking at the big picture right now. 
uh, about this. Look, if there's more movement on it, we will talk about it. But I'm I just be skeptical, is what I'm saying. Be be skeptical, be thoughtful, because uh, I don't you know want folks out there to get duped. And I'll make sure I do my best to make sure that we are using accurate information, having honest, good conversations. All right, that will do it for today's show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at NWPod365. Find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Find the show where you get your podcast and on YouTube as well.